Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been a long time. I hope everyone is having a great holiday season so far. And welcome back. The strike is over. It has been... What a year. I'm sending you guys so much love, and I hope you guys have been able to keep your heads up amongst the time. But I have some great news. I'm very excited today to have our first guest back post-strike, Brian Husky. He's an incredible actor. You've seen him in Veep. We're here to talk about a film he's in called Hell Instead, but he's done so much work. I discovered him on Conan O'Brien, and he's incredible in that, and he's done so many amazing things in comedy and voiceover and a roster of film and television credits that is incredible. Brian, I have so much love for you, the work that you do. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited. Here it is. Brian Husky, welcome to An Actor Despairs. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's a real honor to have you. I I, I discovered your work quite young. I'm a huge Conan fan. Oh, cool. I, I think his talent roster of just who he brings on and... What he does is incredible, and and then I've gone to see you. You know, I I, I love Swartzen and and Pretend Time, and then but also all the other work you've been able to do between the procedurals, Bob's Burgers, Veep. I mean, your career is impeccable, and everything I started this podcast for you encompass as an as an actor myself. I mean, you are you are out of this world talented. You were doing Aww. the journey. You were simultaneously creating your own work while existing in 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 different genres and mediums and i'm just i'm so impressed at 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 the true legacy that you have oh man thanks it's always i i i need feedback well, <laughs> especially yeah. like after the pandemic and after yeah the, i know the that. Strike stuff it's like we all it's like the level playing field for all of us is so uh you know what i mean it, it, oh, it everybody's yeah. back to kind of like what do i what am i doing what's happening I no. think everyone so, was always kind of hard on actors because it's like, oh, you're all so traumatic. But like the trauma between the COVID and the strike, it's just it has been a lot. But, you know, particularly with what you do with comedy, yeah. you you provide so much relief for so many people. And and I'm just so proud of you. And and I know I I, I don't even know you, but I I really mean that with every word I of sincerity. So. But, um, <laughs> you know, for those that know my podcast, before we dig into the work, I like to start at the beginning and I know sometimes mm-hmm. Wikipedia can be wrong, but did you grow up in Charlotte? I, I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. And yeah. how, how was that experience? Uh, it was good. It was good. It was uh, Charlotte changed when I went to college. Um, it became, for whatever reason, they decided to turn it into the banking epicenter of the uh, East Coast. Like they wanted a... a, a I don't know, a financial hub between New York and Atlanta for some reason. Yeah. And, and so the town I grew up in changed a lot. It became, um, I don't know, I could say it sort of sold out, yeah. but it was, it was a delightful town to grow up in. And, uh, uh, yeah, my full family, like I'm four generations from there. Uh, and my, my grandmother's house, which was only a mile away from my house was across the street from where her great grandmother had a general store like before there were cars like that kind of stuff so. wow so a true charlotte lineage there yeah yeah and and yeah. and are your parents artists at all no, um no my mom they've uh, passed away my mom was I'm a sorry teacher that's okay i appreciate it uh she was a teacher um 
she remarried and the, the, the man he adopted me and was my father. Um, he just, he was a former pastor, but then he worked for the electric company. And then my father that I only met when I was probably like 15 or 16, yeah. um, you know, cause, uh, he left and then came back. He was like a photographer and a magician and for a while, he was a newscaster. And then at one point, he tried to write an opera about Merlin. So whatever DNA he had, I think it kind of crawled into me a little bit for for that, for curiosity around yeah. creativity. Because I, I, I used to be a photographer before I did this stuff. And then I- Yeah, you were. I heard an assistant to a legendary one and did your own work as well, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, it's, I, I got, I got good things from him in, in that sense, but I also, um, he was sort of a jack of all trades. Um, and for a while I was a little worried. I'm like, am I just going to hop from thing to thing? But acting and, and comedy specifically was what I've always, always wanted to do. And, and it just took me a long time to kind of get the, I, I get understand the, the guts, the guts yeah. up, you know, it, it took me a long time to find my voice. So I'm curious for you, what was, what was the catalyst for discovering comedy? Like where your did your parents curate in good films for you? Like where did it, where did you get the bug? I honestly, I think I got it from. Watching Carol Burnett uh, with my sister. Um, and it, it was just, I remember a very, I don't remember which sketch it was, but I remember an experience of watching. It felt like a very insular thing when she and I would do it. It felt like, you know, this is, this is our kind of like private world thing that we enjoyed together. But I remember seeing adults acting so stupid and getting such a powerful reaction yeah. And I just was, it, it, it blew my mind. It, it really was. I was like, I act that dumb with my friends, but they are, they are doing this in front of me and it's like blowing my mind. So there's, there was something about it that, that conveyed, um, it wasn't silliness. It was like power and, and yeah. not power and sort of like, I'm going to control you, but just like a real, like, it, I think if I, you know, if I, if I had had the kind of like disposition where I I'd seen like a great dramatic performance and it moved me, I could have easily gone towards drama, but there was something that moved me about adults being silly in a very intelligent way that moved me, you know, um, and amazing. And, and, and this experience, did this happen before you went to university? Yeah. Yeah. It's like I, I, in second grade, I feel like whenever I do a podcast, my origin story, I just always sort of tell these, these beats, but, no, it's, it's, uh, yeah. but it's, so it's, um, in second grade, I made a speech, uh, about, it's called future comedian, which I've framed and put on my wall. And it talks about how, when I grow up, I want to be a comedian. Um, I don't want to be a hack comedian like Bob Hope. I want to be an edgy. <laughs> yeah. I would be an edgy comedian like Don Knotts or Tim Conway. Yeah. Um, you know, who I saw in like the Apple Dumpling Gang, those Disney movies. Um, and and I think uh and I remember seeing this show that Mel Brooks did called When Things Were Rotten, which was okay. about um Robin Hood. It was sort of set in the Robin Hood world, and it was like a TV and network uh, sitcom that only ran for one season. But I remember seeing that and being like that, there's something different about this show. Like this comedy is different. And, and I couldn't quite 
you know, I was too young to peg it, but there's, there was something that was attractive to me about it. So, so the bug was there for a long time. Um, and then when I was in high school, I, I, I was kind of put off by acting and actors. Um, I can understand. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> because, I, I stepped, I stepped away for a minute myself. So yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I was, yeah. I was like, wow, you guys are real serious about yourselves. Um, <laughs> always, so, on. always, yeah, on. <laughs> always on. But then yeah. I, you know, like in third grade, I got to do a play where I got to be the funny character. And so it was just kind of those beats, those little moments where I'm like, yeah, this, this gives me joy, you know? And, and but that being said, at the same time, I had a lot of self doubt and I would kind of like talk myself out of things, yeah. which is, you know, which has been an ongoing kind of not ref refrain, but it's like it'd been an ongoing sort of investigation in myself as to why, why that was. Um, and, and, you know, to this day, I still find myself having a little bit of imposter syndrome, but it's much less. Sorry, my dogs are barking. Wow. No, um, no, not a problem at all. And and I'm curious, as you made this beautiful declaration in second grade and you started doing plays, I mean, I imagine your parents took notice. Were they supportive of you perhaps doing more school theater or after school or you know, because I know Charlotte now, when people hear that, it's like, oh, it's such a hub. You know, mm. I'm sure improv troops then just didn't even exist in the way they do now. Yeah, it wasn't. No, there wasn't. I didn't gravitate towards doing plays. Like I did a couple plays in 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 high school, um, but I, it, I don't think I presented it to anyone as a thing of like, this is what I wanted to do. Like I pursue, I pers I played bass. I pursued that much more. Uh, with with more sort of determination than anything else wow. um, at the time. Until about junior year, uh, I started to write, and I would write sort of humorous stories. And I, it, for me, as any needy actor or uh, comedian, if I got a positive response, then I was like, oh, keep doing this. If I yeah. didn't get it, oh, stop doing this, you know? So when I got the positive response, I would be like, great. I'm, I think I might want to be a comedy writer. So I started writing a bunch of stuff and reading Woody Allen, which is an unfortunate, you know, an unfortunate thing that he's a talented man in a horrible man's yeah. psyche. Um, but that was, and, and I discovered like Monty Python. Um, so it was, for me, I think it was kind of a, a private thing that I did with my friends less so a public thing that I sort of presented to my family. Okay. And, yeah. and, and then when it came time for university, were you feeling that responsible hat of like, I need to get a reasonable degree or at that time, no. you know, cause I know university North Carolina school of the arts is now so, you know, amazing, but did, did that really exist at that time? Well, I went to UNC at Greensboro okay. and you know, when I was trying, I'm going through that process with my daughter now she's she's a junior and oh amazing thing i was like what do you want to do she's like i don't know i don't know who i want to be or what i want to do she's interested i say kind of unfortunately given where our, our industry is right now but she's interested in uh writing possibly directing um maybe cinematography you know she's definitely she's attracted to cinema yeah um, so I don't want to squash that, um, and I'm trying to encourage her, but I think I'm recognizing in her that there's uh, that experience of like, well, if I 
decide that that's what I want to do. I, mean, I go to school and you pay for it. I have to end up doing that. Right. And I've been pretty clear about like, don't worry about that. The, yeah. To me, college, my experience was like, college is just like, an, you know, exploration camp for four years. Absolutely. Um, but I had, I did have that experience. I did have that feeling like you're saying, where I was like, I felt like I had to decide what I was going to be. And I wasn't close to any kind of industry exposure and the, the communication department at my school was not great. So I was like, I guess I'm going to be an English teacher, but I didn't okay. want to be. <laughs> but so that was be. the force declared major? That was, it was an, it was, I was an English major and then I got a photography minor. Okay. Um, so, and then I was playing in a band at the same time. So I, I've always had a thing where my disposition is I'm going to worry about my survival and be fearful that I'm not going to survive, but I'm always going to choose careers that have zero stability. <laughs> <laughs> I identify with that on a clinical level. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah. Yeah. My, my sort of, analogy is like i consistently choose to jump off a building and win the lottery as i fall and land safely on my feet that's my expectation of like each career i've chosen it's like sure let's do this oh my god oh my god oh my god yeah you know but then you're forced to reckon with it and and you have to in some ways and yeah and and, and for most of us that don't grow up in the business there really is no other way you know yeah and yeah I'm curious then, you know, not to jump right over a university experience, but, Mm. you know, given at that time that it was such a binary of L.A. or New York, was that always on your mind that I got to get to one of these cities where the business is? At that point, I still was far away from the business. Like I. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Literally, like I I had had I'd had kind of like a. uh, A soul squashing experience, just just given where I was a a freshman very hopeful, but very insecure about, I don't know. I had my curiosity, but I didn't have any, I didn't have someone on my side being like, yes, go do this. It was just all me. So I went to the theater department and I talked to the head there and I was like, I'm not in the theater department, but I'm interested in starting an improv group on campus. Could you give me any advice? And he said, unless you dedicate your life to the tools of theater, you have no business playing with them. And I was just like, oh. Wow. So I just I just jammed my tail between my legs and went away and started a band and then did stuff at the radio station and kind of did comedy adjacent stuff through that. But it really turned me off from yeah. from theater and actors and you know acting teachers I was it's like, so oh, abrasive and disgusting i'm, I'm so sorry it's that such happened. a you know yeah i was like thank you i mean but it's such a it's such a such a reveal of like wow this guy was really unhappy like this yeah, guy was really unhappy miserable with, yeah totally yeah was like, yeah so i mean it felt like a very i felt like i was encountering some kind of like 1970s like british character or something it's just like i'm going to squash this young man's will if he oh. will not be part of my God. My institution. Well, so. you, you you bring up radio, which I I, I kind of want to touch on because you do so much incredible voiceover work. You know what was that? How did you get into to radio? How did that become? I mean, anybody, I anyone who goes to college, I say if you have an inclination to perform, do a radio show. Like do a radio show, DJ a little bit, and just get 
get because it was it was a good experience to just be used to like okay i'm going to speak and you know i mean you've heard college radio in between yeah fascinating it's just like me meandering mumbly kind of stuff so but i i tried to kind of put some effort into that but then i put more effort into you could record these psas these little interstitial things that you would play before or after a record and so you know they're always really boring kind of like flu vaccine dry yeah 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 but i would do them insane like they were always like insane and the guy who ran the station is like i was like i'm gonna let you keep doing these because i love them and yeah and and a lot of times it's really hard to tell what the message is even about (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing did did you have an audience on campus did people love what you were doing i don't know not that i know of you know my friends i I I wish i was there (laughs) yeah yeah but my, you know, I tell my friends I do some weird ones and I play them for them. But so that was fun. So that was like an early sort of like, I'm going to mess around and do that kind of stuff. And then in my band, we, you know, we half, half of our show is just talking in the mic and people saying just like, shut up and play. But we were just like, kind of babble a lot and stuff. Oh, so that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> And 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 then were you guys trying to like pursue that band is like a get the record deal, do the tour? We did. Like there was a there were a couple of like trust fund kids who started a label out of Chapel Hill. Wow. And so they signed us and this band called Southern Culture and the Skids, which is like a North Carolina kind of stalwart uh juggernaut band. And then there used to be this band called um, Camper Van Beethoven, which David Lowry of Cracker was a member of. And then that band broke up and they had a new version called Monks of Doom. So they were on the label. And that was exciting for me because I was a fan of theirs. Wow. Um, but yeah, but point being, it's just like it was a very small kind of like a local indie label. And we put out an album in a few seven inches. Um, but we were never, we were sloppy. And we were kind of weird um, and we were very conscious of not trying to be rock and roll, you know? Got it. So yeah. kind of, you know, it was a, not a model for success, but it was very uh, creatively exciting and fun. And, you know? and, uh, and actually we got to go back. I went back this summer and played a reunion show with, with them. Uh, and it was oh, that so must have been fun. so cathartic and fun. It was so yeah. fun. I was so self-conscious. I was so like, oh, my God, 55-year-old man coming back. But, like, we had an audience, and it was – and we could still do it. So I was like, okay, this is cool. It's rock and roll for it, forever. You know, it's immortal. Yeah. And, it's just – it's. I love that part of my brain. And and that part of my brain is so similar to comedy. Like, the, the similarity between music and comedy is uh, – it's always surprising to me. Um, it's just, I mean, and, and acting rhythm timing and yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Structure sort of like, you know, the, the kind of like there's a third act to the song, you know, you're kind of bringing out the third act to the movie or the show or whatever. So, um, and that's, that's so wonderful. And I'm curious then, did it reach to a point where you were also having to teach English at a school or were no. you making your living doing photography on the side I, with a band? Yeah. So I was doing, I was I, when I got out of college, I was doing photography uh, for a local weekly paper, um, 
and then I was also having to to do landscaping and then playing in the band and stuff. So true, true very, artist survival, men and many total twenties yeah. kind of like mishmash. Um, and then it wasn't until my girlfriend and I split up, uh, and she moved to go to grad school, and I was like, I think I'm going to go for being a photographer. So I I I I went to New York City to go to the International Center of Photography. Did that for a year. Then I was assisting. And where I started, like where where I was like, okay, I guess now I'm going to start doing acting. Is like I became through friends with Rob Cordry through a mutual friend who was working with him. Legend. And he was yeah. And so yeah. he was like, I need a roommate. We had hit it off after he initially hated me because he thought I was he thought I was pompous. But every time I'd see him, <laughs> I was doing this. I was doing this artsy character that he just didn't know was was me. Yeah. Um. So he's like, I fucking hate Husky. He's such an asshole. <laughs> and then one day then we were at dinner and I was like talking. And he's like, you're not an asshole. I was like, oh, thank you. And he's like, no, I thought every time I met you, you've been like you've had a camera around your neck. You've talked about gallery hopping. I was like, Oh, I was just doing a bit. Like, oh, oh man. It was such a stick and he didn't pick it up. Yeah. It's so funny. So and then, so yeah. So we became roommates and I did photography for a year. And then suddenly I was around actors. Um, a lot of his friends that he went to UMass with in the theater department. And I was like, Oh, they're not, they're not awful. They're cool. And they're funny. Yeah. And then he, and this was where it was. He was just, he started to, he joined a sketch group and he was sort of like, eh, it's okay. I just want to do it to do it. He's like, you're actually funnier than the sketch group. You should be doing this. We should do stuff together. So we started to kind of put up things at like, you know, uh, Lower East Side, like weird little like rooms. Um, yeah. And then eventually he found UCB and then... I started UCB like a a series of classes, a semester of classes, semester, I guess, um, later than he did. And that's where it started. And so basically, I mean, I honestly, and I've told him, I was like, I would, I don't know if I would be doing this if I hadn't met him wow. because I, you know what I mean? Like I just, I, in my twenties, I kept sort of like questioning what I wanted to do and then not really acknowledging what I truly wanted to do. I kept yeah. saying like, well, I'm, I like, I'm good at photography. I guess I'll do that. But it didn't, it didn't spark me the way comedy did. Well, I think, you know, when, you know, I could say, uh, say similar to you when we don't come from trust funds or people in the business, it can just seem so impossible, you know, and you're yeah, reminded so, at, at every step of the way by teachers like that, that are like, what are you doing? You're just like, ah, you know, it is weird. Yeah. It, yeah it's just, it just feels like this building is like, how do I get in that building? There doesn't seem yeah. any door. I see windows. I can't climb this wall. What the fuck? You know, so it's, it can be very, it, then the weird, the thing is, like, it can be very off-putting, but then you kind of discover, like, how many people is just, like, you just kind of bullshit your way into it. Yeah. <laughs> you just fake it. Like, so many people are faking it. A hundred percent. 100%. Yeah. Um, you know? And, and at UCB, do you feel like you found more Cordry-type people, your tribe, so to speak? Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah. And and going back to the music thing, when I when I was doing improv, I realized, like, this is so similar to the music scene. This this mm -hmm. reminds me of the music scene in the sense of 
it's supportive and it's competitive. It's a community. Uh, you jump into each other's projects. You find people you vibe with. You, you express that voice. Um, and at the time that we were doing UCB, nobody knew we were just doing it for ourselves. You know, yeah. like it was such a weird mishmash of people who were like, I've never done comedy before. I'm doing it. And then people who wanted to be an actor kind of coming together and, and, and just and doing insane things that would get us all canceled now. Um, <laughs> the better days in some ways, you know, the freedom of, of not yeah. that, but I, I can only imagine how fun those sketches were. Yeah. And it was just, and it was a thing where it, there wasn't any, there wasn't a, um, there wasn't a legend to it. There wasn't any, anything associated with that at that time. It was just like, Oh man, we saw this group come from new, from Chicago. They do insane stuff that sort of reminds us of like Mr. Show and, yeah. and my Python and stuff. I want to do that too. And we didn't care. I mean, of course we were an audience, but we, we weren't, we weren't leading with like, I hope this gets me an agent. I hope this gets me work. It was just like, for me, at least it was like, yeah. I hope I can do this. I hope I can, I, I hope I'm good at this. And, and, and you absolutely are. Was it UCB that locked you down representation? Yeah, that's where I, uh, for, yeah, it's like the UCB university at that time was kind of like you, you, you do the classes. And then if you're good, they put you on these uh, performing groups called Herald, Herald teams. Okay. And then you perform once a week with them. And then if you're really good, you get, get asked to do ASCAT. Um, and then they started to pull people for Conan from the theater. To, so you get a call. It's like, hey, will you come and dress like a lobster this afternoon? Yeah. From, you know, Conan throw pies out. I'm like, great, sure. Um, and so that was sort of like the, the little, you know, the, the little sort of like points you were like moving up. And then, of course, you had to do your one-man show at some point, which is kind of like your – thesis project it wasn't anything as like stated but everybody just did them as these like these mile markers of like oh i'm moving through the system yeah um yeah and, and did conan give you your sag card then yeah yeah wow yeah i think it did there was one point where i was i needed i was like literally like 47 dollars short of getting my insurance and so I called up the Cecilia Pleva was the casting person. And I was like, can you stick me in a sketch today? Cause I just, I got to make yeah. my, my sag minimum. And she's like, absolutely. I don't, I'll, I'll tell the writers. And they were just like, yeah, he'll be executive number two. And I'll give, he can say, yes, he's got a line. Oh. Um, but then they didn't, they, they wouldn't, they're like, I'm sorry. It's not, it's, it's not going to be a, it, like when it airs, and by the time it goes through the system, it's going to be too late. So I didn't get my insurance. Oh, don't even I know. started on this agreement, but that that ah, oh, thank you for sharing that. I think people really identify with that now. Yeah, and 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 I'm I'm curious, you know, for you being a comedian, being interested in writing its sketches and being exposed to Conan, was there a time where you kind of thought, you know, because I know a lot of people that do appear in those sketches or in the writer's room. Was that ever something that you were Oh, yeah. I submit, in? Yeah, yeah. I submitted for sure. I submitted like two or three times. Um, didn't get it. But um, I had some friends who got on there. Andy Secunda. Um, uh, he, he was someone we performed with who got on there. And um, yeah, I don't know what I talked to, to you know, one of the right 
the showrunners and he was like, yeah, keep doing it. It's almost there. And I, it, it's like, it, that was one of those things like with the building that has no doors. I'm like, well, what is, I mean, what is almost there mean? Like, what is the thing yeah, that I'm missing? Totally. Um, and I could, I couldn't quite crack it, you know? Um, I know. So, it's so tough. I mean, with, with that package, were you doing SNL as well? I never auditioned for SNL. I auditioned for daily show a few times. Um, but I, it, it took me a long time to, to give myself permission to be doing this stuff. I always sort of felt like, um, for like, for a long time in New York, I felt like I was still learning and I didn't really have, uh, I didn't have a place at the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. As much as other people were telling me it, it boiled down to, I wasn't giving myself that permission. You know, yeah. other people could give me all that, the, the positive sort of support I needed. Um, I just wasn't giving it to myself. And, um, and and this is a really common thing for actors. I think we can be our own worst enemies and trick yeah. ourselves into thinking of all the reasons why we don't deserve it or it won't happen for us. And, and I'm curious for you, what unlocked that moment of like, no, I, 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 I do want this. I can do this. Was there, was it one incident or was it a, a series of shows at UCB or what, what I for think... you finally was like, I'm no, I'm going to do this. It's, that's a great question. I, and, and I've answered it before, but I only now just had like a thing of like, oh man, maybe it's that too. But I think it was a combination of just, it, it was putting in the hours, you know, I, I didn't feel like I had my 10,000 hours. So I didn't, even though it was something I had in, I had automatically been doing with my friend, with myself in terms of just like, doing bits and kind of thinking comedically or being drawn to that. Um, I still had, I still had a belief system that there was a schooling that I needed to, to have experienced that um, I needed the, the go ahead from people in power for it to be true. You know what I mean? Um, so I, when I got some commercials that gave me, gave me some some confidence doing conan did too yeah but then my mom passed away when i was in new york doing and just really starting like she, at that point my parents had not seen me do any comedy except wow. for like a talent show at school um and so when she passed away i i did make a vow to myself and to her that i was like well if i put this much energy in this and i and i and I've spent this much sort of like, I'll say spiritual time to thinking about it, then I'm going to go for this. I mean, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make myself proud first and then yeah. hopefully make her proud. So, you know, it was, um, yeah, and you it's have. So funny that I, I mean, shout, oh, thanks, shout out man. to your mother. I mean, I know oh. whatever you may believe. I mean, I, I, I'm sure she's so proud, you know, and yeah, that's, and, that's even, I'll get choked up. And, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's so funny that you asked that. And I and I remember I remember going home, packing up the house and all that kind of stuff, and came back and like the day after we did our sketch show and, and we did it, and it was like such a surreal experience because there's so much I was in such pain, but there's so much onus on it, you know, for me. Um 
but then afterwards coming off stage and we all hugged each other and stuff. And it did sort of feel like, I think that was a moment where I was like, okay, I guess it's starting now. You know, it looks wow. like I've just crossed over that threshold in a way if we want to make it really dramatic. Yeah, um, no, that that's yeah. great. And this for all the actors listening really helps. And at that point then, did you really start, you know, dialing on the agent? Like I want to be going in for film and TV. You know, I, I, I need to make money outside of comedy as well. Did that? Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was still that at that point in the theater, it was like, people were like, Oh, agents are starting to come around. And so unfortunately when that started, there was a lot of, then there was a kind of new level of insecurity, you know, where you're sort of like, all right, great. I'm doing this. I'm getting an audience response. I'm getting, uh, cause to me, like, I just wanted the, I wanted the respect of my peers and the people that I looked up to. Um, but then, then that weird thing of like agents and managers, like these gatekeepers, that the pernicious so cycle. Then it, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's such a, yeah. it's such another weird level of like, Oh, you see me. And we always forget. I, you're going to work for me, but not until you choose me. Right. And despite knowing that I'm talented and believing in me, but saying circle back when I'm in something, yeah, yeah. you have the literal agency to make that happen for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, and I, to this day, I still, I struggle with my, my sort of acumen around it. Like I'm just not, I've, if if I look at the totality of my all my careers and my life and stuff, everything I've done, I've kind of like stumbled into out of a curiosity. And it's rarely been like, I see this, I'm gonna make that happen. It's just like things have come out of what I've been interested in or what I I don't know, what I what I pursue for myself. Right. Um and that's a and I and I say that to kind of like reiterate it to myself because a lot of times it's, it's you know when you hear from agents and managers and you're going on auditions and stuff a lot of times you're not auditioning for stuff that you want no you just need and money. it can be it can also be really bad and then you yeah. got to try to make it decent even you know totally totally yeah. and then there's like some weird dissonance that happens where you're like. You know, it's like, well, I'm doing it. I'm living the dream, but it doesn't feel like it. Um, yeah. And I think that's that's something that I, I have to remind myself. I always have to kind of return to you got to do other stuff. You got to do things that just like give you a little bit of joy to balance out the other the other sort of stuff. Because I have friends who are really they love the business part of it. They yeah. love the kind of hustly thing. And I do not. <laughs> I don't know how because it is yeah. you just want to do the thing and and I'm curious yeah. for you you know because obviously now we live in this insane streaming so saturated mm. industry and you came up on a time when Comedy Central still had more than one TV program and and had yeah it wasn't it. a misnomer it was actually yeah like it was, it, <laughs> yeah really committed to the idea of of developing shows and taking risks which mm -hmm. seemingly just doesn't exist anywhere in this business anymore and. What do you think then for you? Because it has, it, it's impossible for me to isolate one thing because you've done so many wonderful things that really started to unlock things for you with people's perception to you in the business. Was there a role that you could equate it to, or is it a series of of you know performances that started you think opening more rooms to you that perhaps were not opening before? That's a good question. I like. 
when I moved to LA, I'm, I, Jason Manzukis and I had written a couple of like movies together that we sold and that was sort of how we got our reps and stuff. Wow. Um, and so I started off, they, they were like, okay, oh, you're a writer. And I was like, well, I'll be an actor. Like, okay, great. Yeah. You're just keeping a writer. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to staff in a room. I didn't, you know, um, I wanted to do performing. Um, so when I showed up, I, I, I was coming from a place where like, oh, people know me in New York. They're going to know me in L.A. And then yeah. I was like, oh, wait. And, wh- wh- and I had to ask my manager, like, what's the, what's the deal? He's like, it usually takes like five years. And then you start to kind of get like people catch wind of you unless you're some, you know, wonderkin. Um, and he didn't follow up by saying, and you're a wonderkin. He was just like, so, yeah, just just relax. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's weird. It's um I was doing a series of commercials that I think helped me in the sense of like, I was, I started to notice that people would feel like they knew me. They knew my work. Oh yeah. But they couldn't quite peg it. And so I would just be like, oh, I don't know. You probably see me around. They're like, yeah, I mean, yeah, clearly, you know. So that helped me a lot. Um, the quintessential, just, oh, you're that guy from that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And they were, it was a series of commercials for Sonic where, and they were all improvised. So I was getting to sort of flex that muscle. Um, but then, I don't know. It's like, I, I do think doing Children's Hospital, Cordry had a show on Adult Swim. Yeah. That was you know, that was popular and people knew me from that. And then somehow I, I, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, like uh, I had done a tiny part in super bad. And then later on I did something in this is the end. And then those guys were just really great to me. Yeah. They brought you back for neighbors one and two, right? yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So they kept kind of like plugging me in their joke is, and I was like, Let's end this joke. They're like, yeah, we always kill you and everything. And it's like, except for oh, neighbors, man. like you're always, we're always murdering yeah. you. I was like, yeah, I'd love to do more than one yeah, episode. Yeah, please keep me in a bit. Yeah, but dude, I am, I'm just like endlessly grateful to to them. So it's, I don't. It, well, to answer your question, you. you're you're so funny and so talented. You know, oh, I mean, thanks, you, you you really deserve it. And and um, uh, did that, you know, because I bring up Seth and Evan in the sense because. They're so created your own work, and I know you've done. You're, mm-hmm. You you mentioned you already you know had a movie, and then you did your thing for Adult Swim. Did that? Yeah. Did those guys you feel like really inspire you to do that, or was that something that was already existing on your own? That the so I did just two specials for them called Mister Neighbor's House and Mister Neighbor's House Two. Yeah. Just still available on streaming. Um, but uh, where is that on streaming for those? It's on. Was, it's on the. It's on their website. It's on the Adult Swim website. Because I was trying and to then, get the first, I couldn't find that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll send you a link to it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's right. it's on there. It's their website. It's like insane. It's sort of like going oh, into sure. like a like a weird old bookshop or like where where is it? Yeah. Um, but uh, I I just I, one of the thing one of the messages we've been given at UCB was make your own stuff. Like because. Um, it's much better than waiting around um, and it's, it feels better and it's your voice. And sometimes it, it, sometimes it might be your only chance to sort of like put your voice out in whatever form you want. So yeah. do it, you know? And so I, that, that came thankfully again through Cordry because he had uh, 
sort of like an open deal with them for some other stuff. And he was like, Hey, uh, that deal is ending. If you have any ideas, so is me and our friend, Jesse Falcon, uh, who we perform with. And then Jason, we're just talking about like kids, weird shows, weird kid shows from the seventies and how yeah. like, they had this weird menace. So we just kind of came up with a, uh, basically like a David Lynch kids show. Yeah. With Pop- yeah. yeah. It's so radical. It's- yeah. I, I love yeah. it. That's oh, awesome. Cool. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you know, for you, you know, have you done so much voiceover? Was that something that kind of came through because of, you know, you're always been interested from radio or, you know, just kind of. That, that one just happened. Like, um, I don't know. Is this your setup right here? You know? Yeah. Well, kind of, this yeah, is, this, okay. this is a remnant of uh, this, this big, I have the same a, blue Yeti, Yeti right oh, yeah, yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was the podcasting. Yeah. I did. But yeah. like, yeah, back there in the corner, that big blank. This is all sort of like uh, the, booth. The, the booth, the yeah. the survival of pandemic solution kind of thing. I'm, I'm glad you made it out all right. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. But that, yeah. I mean, I, the voiceover stuff just came from mainly it's like Bob's Burgers is, is my main thing. Yeah, but that. Mike and, Judge, man. I mean, Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. And, you know that's yeah. a huge one to get on, and and yeah, and I just did King of the Hill. They started doing that, so I've oh, done some awesome. of those. And, yeah. and you've even done McFarland's thing, American Dad, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's like I remember early on, I auditioned for Linda Lamontagne. I think that's her name. She does a lot of she does uh, American Dad and Family Guy and stuff. Did big LA and, casting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I can never crack. I could never book from an audition i i I rarely book from auditions but it's been sort of like it is that thing of like most of the time with these shows it's like oh i know i there's a writer who knows me um or it's that kind of thing but the bob's thing is like it's either (laughs) it's either that lauren bouchard and i we our, our kids both were in a swim class at our friend's house and then my friend was like, oh, Brian's an actor. He's like, oh, cool. Um, I don't know if that was just sort of like the start of it. Um, yeah. But I just, they just said, called called me up. It's like, hey, do you want to try to play this character? And I literally like, I did it at the table read. Like I, I and they're like, oh, great. That's, that's great. Do that character. <laughs> like they're so, that show in particular is so great at just like, it right. That show and then Veep are both very empowering to performers. Like yeah. they're really just like it, it, it. And that 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 for me, I think, has been another thing. I'm like, oh, great experiences like that sort of erase the college, oh, <laughs> the college sure. jerk I had. Where yeah. there's like there's something. I remember Armando Iannucci, the Veep guy. We were doing the because I, I I tested for one of the main roles. He was like, if I if we don't find a main role cast for you we will find a place in our world for you because there's something about you that we find interesting that we would like to sort of have you come in and help us yeah just that communication of like you're helping us is i think so important to any collaborative like i don't care what position you have on a show it's just like let people know that they're participating and helping and creating something as opposed to like, are right, you work for me? You do. Yeah. 
the yeah. way it should be. And 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 I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, you did 16 episodes of that. I mean, that must was that just such a beautiful time, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. Ah, Amazing. I can only imagine, and I'm you know. so glad you had that. And yeah, I, I'm it's, sure that even even more opened doors for you. And you know, because like you've done Marvel stuff, you've done Ant Man, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it 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 must be awesome to get. On it's so hard, I feel like, on these days to get a good show and to get a chance to be great in it, as we talked about with things not being written, and then especially now as like content is becoming more broad. So yeah. to be in one of the, the the most amazing shows of all time, I mean, Dude. what an honor! You're immortal, Brian. Yeah. I mean, you really are. You know, oh, so I can. Yeah. All right, I can die easily. This is great. Yeah. This, I was you know. in peace. No, but it is tr- like I it. And I, you're so incredibly kind and sweet to say that. And I really appreciate it because it's like, I don't, I'm not good at giving myself that. You know what I mean? Well, you um, are a badass Titan. And I, I, the second your name even came up for this, I was like him. I, oh, cool. I Brian is, is awesome. I've looked up to you for so long. And I, I want you to know that there's so many of us out there that worship what you do. Oh, so please cool. know that you were valued, you know? Thanks. You really and I would say, cha- I would, I would encourage any, like I didn't encourage changing the language from worship to being inspired or I don't know. Yeah. Just yeah, being true, intrigued. True. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. cause I, I, I do, I do think, I do think if, if somebody is talented, like it, the difference there's just there's so much that happens in like um, a weird moment of fortune where you're like, great, I'm on this show now. OK, right. well, now I'm this I'm, I was on this river and now I'm down this little tributary and it's going into this world. You know, yeah. it's such a it's it's such a subtle thing that can happen. Um, so, well, that just got to keep trying. No, I appreciate you saying that and putting it in that perspective. I'm, yeah. I'm curious, you know, now, you know, before we jump into hell instead, the business has changed so much since the pandemic has happened. And I have not noticed. Yeah. And, and and every time I feel like really since 2017 is like anytime we get in this, the rules change again. Now you can't do this. Okay. Now yeah. it's this. And and for you in this chaotic time, this is kind of a two-factor question. What has kept you inspired and what is it that you've kind of now – as we're still kind of, we don't even have the agreement yet dealing with the reckoning. You want to spend your time and your talents focusing on, you know, if, if, if I could just give you that, that wish to be able to do what you want. Yeah. Well, the getting through it was, it was hard and it was really hard. Like it was, it just, it kind of felt like, you know, you yes. had some kind of like you had pandemic felt like some kind of like uh you know disease and then you beat it and then it returns so you go into remission or something it just right. sort of like when when we got to the strike like seriously we're now I, we're just I was waiting for like a punk type like hey it's all joke you yeah, know yeah, AI yeah. AIs you know it's just we're playing with you here I'm not a fan of the 2020s. Uh, yeah, just like a, th- this this need to heighten out of the, you know uh, outdo the year before is just like all right, calm down. Yeah. Um but so I to kind of deal with that uh, like literally coming out of pandemic and kind of returning to like just just being around people and stuff, I forced myself to take a, a like a drop-in acting class. Wow. Because I uh, my only acting training has been through UCB. I did like one, I did one 
you know, eight week course at the Atlantic Theater Company, but okay. I've I have remained terrified of them for a long time. Um, but doing this class has been great because it's dispelled a lot of fear I had. It's kind of put me in, it's made me do scenes that I just would not choose to do. I would not gravitate towards. Did you finally explore drama? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. 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 So, um, and I've, you know, I've done a few, I've done a few dramatic roles, but it's, that has felt, that brought up sort of that same thing of like a little imposter syndrome thing, which I know a lot of comedians say that, but it's, it is also true. Like comedians can do drama. They just, they just. I I sometimes think they're better, you know, because they have so much depth. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so weird. It's so strange because I did an episode of uh, Lucky Hank. Um, yeah. So, so I was doing stuff with Odenkirk, and I knew him-ish, you know, but I knew him when he was doing comedy and not this, you know, now he's like this titan of uh, Yeah, better call drama. Saul serious. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But I, I still have a hard time because I idolize Mr. Show. I have a hard time not seeing him comedically, yeah. you know? And it's so interesting to me how many people only know him as a dramatic actor. Yeah. Um, and it does do a lot for your your kind of digestion of a performance if you if you if you're not kind of if you don't have a uh, a bias or a, you know a preexisting prejudice to right. to what is like normal about them or whatever. Um, so, but then what's the other part? The other part is like, what do I what do I want out of like hope to get. I just, I, I, I want to work. I want to do, I do want to do, I think more dramatic or dramedy kind of stuff. Um, I'm well aware that my, my beard is gray and I'm older now. And so it's, I, I don't, I, and, and I just don't have the same uh, impulse to kind of like, to, to be goofy, I don't know, or yeah. to be silly, it's hard, but it's not hard to be silly in times like this. Yeah, kind of, and it's also like I don't know. I guess the answer to that is like I'm trying to I'm trying to listen to what is naturally happening with my world perspective, um, and just as I age and and I'm a father, and I kind of am aware that there's a point where I was aware of like oh those kind of jokes I don't like anymore because they represent a threat or something. Right. If that makes any sense. Like, no, you know, 100%. there's the, 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 and I don't, th- and I also don't feel like I have as, I have as much distance as I did when I was younger to what company allows you to do a lot of times. We're Absolutely. just kind of like, I'm going to, I'm going to sort of see what it's like to act like this guy. And as I get older, it's like, now I'm like, I kind of want to understand what it's like to be like this person. Um, so, but then, 
And I hate I hate the answer is like I just want to work, but at this point no. I just want to work. <laughs> I, th- I think I think we all do, and I do want to address obviously what we're here to address, which is Helen's dead. Talk to yes. me briefly about this. How did this come your way? And getting to work with with Emil and Annabelle Dexter Jones, which is like speaking of dramedy, Succession is a show I would have killed to have seen you. Oh on. my god! Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. I was I lobbied hard for that one. Oh some, man, some well, if the reboot if the the. Connor and Willis show happened. We're going to make you on it. I'm oh, is gonna, there a rumor? Yeah. Is there a word about well, that? I think, I think, I think at one point, you know, Jesse wants to move on, but I'm sure HBO yeah, yeah, Brass yeah. is desperate for. Yeah, you know, totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, that came up, uh, uh, came up thankfully to um, uh, Beth Dover, who I knew wow. from Children's Hospital. So another friend. Yeah. Yeah. Another friend. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I know Joe Latruglio, her husband, so she Titan. Love he's him. great. He's yeah. a wonderful guy. I missed um, the state performance they had here. I wish I would have gone. Oh, oh man. Yeah. 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 I would love to see that too. Yeah. So she just she mentioned me to to Asher Levin, the, the director, and he was like, Oh yeah, great. And I and I then I didn't realize when she brought uh me up, I had done like a bit part in this movie that I don't think has ever been released, uh called Moon like Saturday night at the starlight. Um, I just did one day on it. I don't really remember very well, but he was a producer on that. Um, yeah. So, and it was, it was what year it was. I'm so bad at time before pandemic. You think during pandemic, it was during pandemic, but it was like the winter, the kind of the official last winter of pandemic, but it was like still 2021-ish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was Christmas. It, we shot it in Santa Fe. Um, and I was just like, yes, I okay, I'm done being terrified. Let's yeah, go. be busy, get to yeah. work. Yeah. That's that's awesome. You're yeah, you're, and it was really cool. Like the cast is amazing. Dylan uh Galula's I I didn't know her before, but I, I love her. She's great. And, yeah. and Emil is fascinating. I was like, you know, because I was a huge Huge into the wild fan and same. Then you know, how can you not like, be? <laughs> I know. And yeah. then to see him doing this like insane character, yeah, like, something oh, so cool. different than he's done. It's awesome. Totally, yeah. totally. And then Oliver Cooper and I actually had worked together on this weird series called The Coop. And I say it's weird because it was a ch- kind of like interactive choose your own cho- choose your own adventure version oh. of a, a series. So we would have to shoot a scene, and you'd have to shoot like seven endings to the scene depending on who how they would choose you know the path so i hate to even ask but is that show still platformed is there somewhere i don't think so yeah i feel like i feel Uh, like that was one of those sort of like uh you know startup companies where they're like like, we're gonna be a network or whatever yeah and then it just kind of like disappeared um yeah well Final few questions here, and I so yeah. appreciate your time. Oh, and, and, and and this is a heavy one, but I have asked literally every actor that's ever done this show. And mm. I know it's such a bizarre time to ask this because yes. I don't think anyone has the right answer. But for the actors out there listening, yeah, what advice would you have? Because it's a weird time. We yeah. COVID, we got out of that, things seem normal, and now we have AI, but you know, you, you talked about yourself about not committing early and, you know, we've, we've touched upon the rules changing. And I know that's a really broad question and you can be as broad or as specific in your answer as you want. Mm. But uh, I, I'm curious, you know, for those 
that are like us and 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 don't have connections and have to grind it out and figure it out any any words of wisdom you might have yeah that's a t- it's so funny because i have friends who you know they're like my cousin's moving to la can you meet I up can with him and, imagine. And so <laughs> yeah. and i'm always like i don't know but i the only advice i would give is first and foremost have other things have yeah. other things in your life so you don't tie your survival to your dreams you know what i mean um because you can have your survival tied to your dreams but then you have to have some things to support that survival and to support your dreams so it's and you got to give your brain a break you got to wow. give you got to use other parts of it you got to you got to find other uh, you have to you have to experience other versions of yourself besides the version that that we have where you know we beat ourselves up for an audition or not getting an audition or not getting yeah. attention all that telling someone stuff. yes to you which you have no control over you yeah, know? yeah 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 oh. and then i mean it's it's kind of like it's basically saying to people like just be uh just be a Buddhist monk, but you have as much as you can do not be tied to the outcome. One thing I've, and it's so funny. It took me this long, but one of the things I kind of realized in this acting class was like, Oh, no matter what experience I have, whether it's like working on a big show or doing a small thing, I can't be, I can't be too tied to what the outcome's going to be. What I have to be aware of is my experience. I'm all no matter what I do, it's my experience. I'm going to give I'm going to give people, you know, what they need to kind of piece together a story, but when I when it's done, all I have is my personal experience of it. So whatever you need to do with that is 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 experience it the best you can, you know, and, and, and be open to kind of learning from it, even if it's like a negative experience. Cause I, I got fired from a table read one time, wow. um, because I went up on a line at the table read or I mispronounced a word. And then the, the, the head of the, you know, the lead of the show kind of corrected me and I made a joke and I got a laugh off of it. And, and I got just, I got booted and I told myself I got booted because I'm garbage, because I'm terrible and stuff. And then I was like, oh, no, I I got booted because I was just being myself. But I, I mentioned that because as, as toxic as that experience was, like now I'm just like, oh, I have that experience. Like I have that, uh, I have that life experience that I don't think I want to replay, but I don't want to erase, you know? Yeah. So, and I think there's a lot for, for me, there's been a lot of, um, wasted time around worry. Cause I felt like if I worry, then I'm being active, right. you know? And I think in some of my worrying, I was not experiencing things as fully as I should. So. I appreciate So, yeah, well, that's the best I got. 
Put that on a T-shirt. Yeah, I will. And this, <laughs> It'll go to might, the front. It'll go to the back to sleep. Yeah, that that might be the clip for this that I put online. But but <laughs> Brian Brian Husky, man, I I am so grateful for your time and you coming oh, on thanks, and sharing man. and and I sincerely say this. I really hope one day we get a chance to work together. Would, oh, I would love that too. Yeah, I, yeah. I really, would. And, I really and, appreciate your 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 time too. And and for, and let me wait. I can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. What? So why do you call it? Uh, an actor despairs. Well, I, 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 I studied at Strasburg. I went to NYU. Uh-huh. And so that, you know, the book is an actor prepares, but I feel like, you know, in, in this world, yeah. there's not, there's no emotion an actor knows better than despair. Yeah. So it was just me kind of trying to be clever and, and make a pun off, you know, an actor prepares when actors gotcha. despair constantly. Yeah, I, yeah. I, did did you like the name? It's okay if you didn't. I, I did, yeah, I did. Yeah, and yeah. and at first I was saying it as an actor's like possessive oh, believe me, despair. I get emails all that. No, yeah, yeah. But it, like either way, either way, I was like, yep, yeah, I get that. I can't. Yeah, like, that, and I that's and I was <laughs> and I was actually I was like, oh, good, we're actually going to talk as opposed yeah. to just sort of like you know. Just oh, the like, broad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was great. Yeah. I hope yeah. you. I hope you feel like you got to talk because oh, so it, good. Anytime you want to come back, I would love to have you. Cool, man. All right. Thanks, Ryan. I really appreciate it. Good luck with your daughter in school. And I'm sending you so much love. And hopefully we'll be on a set together soon one day. Yeah, definitely. All right. Take care. All right. Rock and roll. All All right. Bye. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.